0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammons, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the Word. Tonight we're continuing in a series. This is the third part of this series it's entitled my favorite bible characters and what i have learned from them part three in part one we talked about jael and the principles of life didn't it sound like jael was written for today Um, of course it did that's because the bible is timeless the word of god is perfect and fits every season and it fits every reason in our lives as well then we talked about david last week My goodness, you know, David went through so many things, and he taught us, one of the best things he taught us is to not be faint-hearted. He taught us that, you know, he would have fainted had not he believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Keep believing God. You will see His goodness. And this evening, we're going to be talking about another one of my favorite Bible characters. But before we do that, let's go to God in prayer right now, okay? Let's open up our hearts and let him speak to us the things we need for this week. Okay, let's do it. Father, Lord, thanks so much for your goodness, your grace, Lord. We offer you this time together, Lord. Speak to us, grow us, Lord. Disciple us, God, in the ways, Lord, of your Son. And God, we pray this in his name. Amen, amen. Jesus. That name above every name. You know, the Bible says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Have you confessed Jesus as your Lord? You know, get in a good habit of making sure that you let people know that you follow Jesus Christ, not just God. You know, God is our Father and you know, God is the Creator, the omnipotent, omniscient, almighty Elohim, Jehovah, Rapha, Jehovah Reah, you no, know, all the wonderful names of God that we know him as. But his Son Jesus, he gave his son for us. And Jesus is our Lord, our Savior, and our Master. You can talk with people all day long about God, and they will agree, but they may may not be talking about the same God that you're talking about. But what makes the difference is whenever we begin to talk about God's Son. Their God may not have a Son. Our God does. Jehovah has a Son. His name is Jesus. He is the Messiah, the promised Savior of the world. And I am so glad to confess him as my Lord, as my master. And I bow my knee to him, lift up my heart to worship him and him alone. Well, with that thought in mind, let's go to Matthew, the book of Matthew. And tonight we're going to be talking about another one of my favorite Bible characters. And this character, this is Rahab. You may know her as Rahab the harlot. Uh, why is that you know, uh, description attached to her name in the Bible? We'll talk about that in just a moment. But in Matthew, in Matthew the very first chapter, the Bible begins, this New Testament begins by saying, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Uh, this is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. That means this that, that that we're going to be told here in this next few verses of all the people that God used in a six thousand year history, basically from Adam all the way to to uh, to Mary and Joseph, uh, Mary being the mother of Jesus and Joseph being his assumed father, which uh, you know God was the father and and Joseph was the man that God chose to be an earthly representation of the father. Uh, but here, as we begin in this genealogy, uh, it, uh, it, Matthew is going to pick up a little, a little later than Adam. He picks up with Abraham and goes through the genealogy. And then, when we get to verse 5, listen closely to what verse 5 says. And Salmon begat Boaz by Rahab, Boaz begat Obed by Ruth, Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David the king. And David begat Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah." Verses 5 and 6 give us so much information about the genealogy of Jesus, but also lays some very interesting principles in place that we need to understand as God is putting His story in the Word. Uh, The Bible uh, was written by the Holy Spirit. It actually has one author. But it was penned by 40 or so authors, penmen, you know, people that were used by God over a period of about 1,500 years, 611,000 verses were written in the Word of God. And every one of them connect to tell the one story that God is giving us. The one story of the Bible is a story of redemption. And we cannot interpret, rightly interpret, any scripture in the Bible unless we interpret it in light of the one story and also in, in agreement with all the other verses that God included in the Bible. And so this, uh, this portion, verse 5 and verse 6, uh, think about this genealogy. Think about uh, what, what the Bible says here. Uh, uh, as it's going through from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, gets down to Salmon. Who was Salmon? Salmon was a prince of Judah. He was a part of the royalty of of the children of Israel, a prince of Judah. And it says that Salmon begat Boaz. Who was Boaz? Boaz, as we know him in the scriptures, as we catch up with him in the book of Ruth, he is an old, rich landowner. uh, And and, uh, he is a representation of the redeemer, the kinsman redeemer of Jesus Christ. And uh, it, it says, Salmon begat Boaz by Rahab. Wait, Rahab? Yeah, Rahab. Who was Rahab? Rahab was a harlot. Rahab was not just a harlot, but Rahab also ran a, a lodge, uh, which is assumed by us uh, from the scriptures that she um, perhaps ran a house of ill repute as well. Uh, and, uh, but God used them. And then it continues uh, in, in, in verse 5 that uh, Boaz begat Obed. Who was Obed? Well, Obed was just, uh, you know, uh, he was the son of a wealthy landowner and inherited a privileged person. But his mother was Ruth and his grandmother was Rahab. His mother Ruth was a Moabitess. She was not a Jew. Uh, She was actually looked very down upon by the Jews. And uh, she had, you know, already had a husband. And here she came. uh, You can read the book of Ruth and find out that uh, God chose this woman specifically uh, for a job He had her to do for her in His plan. And then Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David the king. You know, David was the king, and Jesse was a man who who had eight sons, but he had favorite sons. And he didn't think much of David, you know, uh, maybe not the best representation of a father. Uh, he didn't even invite David, and who was David? David was just this, you know, young boy when we first meet him, uh, but he ends up through life becoming, you know, an adulterer and a murderer, uh, and it goes on to say that uh, that David the king begot Solomon, who was the wisest man who ever lived, except Jesus, of course, by her who had been wife of Uriah, talking about Bathsheba, Bathsheba. You know, Bathsheba did not present herself as the most godly woman. She was a conspirator, an adulteress, and, you know, uh, but she, you know, what do all these people have in common? I mean, God is, it, is putting together a genealogy here, and in this genealogy we find Rahab. But what do all these people have in common? Well, they have two things in common. Number one, every one of them, if we went from Abraham all the way through, we would find that every one of them. Um, They have problems in life. They're not perfect. And this is one of the things that we need to realize that no one is perfect. But God still counts them as heroes in the Bible. Our, you know, the, the patriarchs, the matriarchs of faith. The, you know, uh, we, we find, uh, you know, people in here who told lies. We find people here even after they were blessed by God, they did things they should not have done. We find people in all kinds and walks of life. But the two things they had in common, number one, they weren't perfect. And number two, every one of these people, is a grandparent of Jesus Christ. Even Rahab, Rahab the harlot. You know, we find people from different races, different cultures, different customs, different age groups, different seasons of life, rich people, poor people, beggars. We find so many people in this lineage. You know, it is argued and successfully argued and proven that God uses, He chooses and uses people that He wills, and He uses us above our last worst mistake, or even chooses us even when He knows we may not be perfect in our future. This particular cancel culture that we have been seeing throughout the United States and around the world is such an ungodly, non-biblical principle. You know, who among us is worthy? Who among us could cast the first stone? No one. Well, God shows us that right here in this lineage. And as we get to Rahab, we, we, we find that Rahab has a particular place in the Word of God. Uh, not only is she one of the grandmothers, the great-grandmothers of Jesus, uh, but she is often referred to as Rahab the harlot. I mean, even by one of her grandsons, even by James, okay? Uh, In in James chapter 2 and verse 25, uh, you know, James, who is the half-brother of Jesus and the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, he writes the book of James and he refers to his grandmother, you know, and and to, uh, you know, one of the grandmothers of our Lord Jesus as the harlot, Rahab the harlot. He said, you know, was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, you know, whenever she, you know, took the spies and hid them? And he's talking about how important works are. Works, works is the most important lesson and the most important doctrine of the Bible and of the gospel of Jesus Christ right after grace and the salvation that comes by grace. Once you have received Jesus Christ by grace, then works becomes the next most important thing, how we can please Jesus. Not only did James refer to Rahab, you know, of 1,400 years or so afterwards, after she had stopped being a harlot, uh, uh, as a harlot, but, but also the writer of Hebrews. In fact, she's included in the faith chapter. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31 says this, uh, By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Uh, This indicates, you know, by faith, Rahab moved by faith. Why? Because she believed something. She believed in Jehovah God. She believed in Almighty God. Uh, You know, that was her claim to fame. That's why she's included in the Word of God. We're going to be going to Joshua chapter Two in just a moment. And uh, let me tell you, as you are finding Joshua chapter Two, that Rahab has a place in in history and teaches us so much. I learned so many things from Rahab, uh, and uh, she's a good, very good example, because, She was a woman, even in the midst of very difficult circumstances, a foreigner, a Canaanite, you know, uh, she was a lot of things, but she was a faith believer, and that changed her life, and it changed the lives of so many others around her. So uh, let's, let's read in Joshua, the second chapter, in verse number one, as we begin this story of Rahab, and then I'll catch us up on the story, and then... We'll talk about some of the things we learn, some of the things I have learned from Rahab the harlot. In Joshua, the second chapter in verse 1, the Bible says, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from the Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, Go and view the land, especially Jericho. So they went and came to the house of a harlot named Rahab and lodged there. Here we see the first picture of Rahab. Rahab is a harlot clearly indicated not only in the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament. She was known in the town and her house if you continue reading was against the wall was 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 uh, on the wall of jericho it must have been a very important house and she was well known by the leaders she was well known by those who who were the administrators of the city and uh we know that from continuing to follow this this particular uh, uh story through the word of god and uh, you know uh, she was evidently a very shrewd business lady uh you know This is one of the principles that I have found in the Word of God is that when you want something done and when God wants something done, he often finds a busy person to do it you often find somebody that is busy doing it. why because it's hard for God or anybody else to depend on a lazy person. You know, we find Rahab actively engaged. Now, she was not at the at at, at the top echelon, you know, she wasn't uh, she wasn't anyone that uh, that you know the public might see as important, but she was a hard worker. Even in her uh, low estate of professions that she had chosen, nonetheless, Rahab was you know was was a businesswoman and she had a house and you know, she was out on her own, and uh, she she ran like a like a, a, a what the Germans called a gast house. Uh, it was like a, a, a you know a little motel, <laughs> and and people lodged there. You know, uh, but she teaches us that God most often chooses and uses people who have a strong work ethic. That's one of the things that Rahab teaches us. That God chooses and uses people who have a strong work ethic. There probably were some better people, more righteous people. There were probably some uh, people who were more acceptable in the city of Jericho. But God chose Rahab, He chose her to be one of the great grandmothers of Jesus. But where did he find her? He found her working. He found her busy. You know, Jesus later on would even rebuke someone who he had given a talent to, who he had given some resources to, and they did nothing with it. You know, uh, it's it's hard. The book of Ecclesiastes tells us that, that that a lazy man, you know, it's hard. I mean, he he puts his hand in his in his you know uh, in, in in his bosom, but he won't even bring it out again. He, he won't even pick up the fork to eat. He won't go outside and work. He makes excuses like, oh, well, well, it's cloudy. It's going to rain, or or you know, there's. A line out there. You know, all kinds of excuses can be made, but God and man, both heaven and earth, both God and man resist lazy people, people who don't work, people who aren't productive, people who aren't engaged. And if anyone had a right to not, you know, uh, go to work, it would have been Rahab. But evidently she was very successful and God used her. And uh, then as well, she not only was working in her business. But when she took the spies in, uh, it was known, and she told them, we have known that you were coming. We have have known, we saw what your God, what the Lord, she says. And if you read that in the book of Joshua, you will see that it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Uh, The Lord, we know what the Lord did for you. When you see that written like that, uh, that, that is Jehovah. It is the one, you know, the one God. There is only one God. But it is the one supreme, sovereign creator of the universe. We see what the Lord, what Jehovah Almighty did for you, and we, the whole city, we've been afraid of you now for 40 years. We, we, we heard when he dried up the Red Sea and you all came across, and we heard whenever, you know, he, he did all these, um, you know, what you did and defeated all these kings. We heard that, and we've been afraid of you. And so the spies said, well, if you will keep our secret, if you'll hide us, if you'll, you know, uh, uh, not tell our business, and she didn't. Then we will make sure that, that you're saved when we come and take this city. But one thing you have to do, they said, you have to tie this red cord in your window so we will know that it's a sign. And, and, and if any of your family leaves the house, you know, we're not responsible for them. And so do you know what she did as soon as they left? The Bible says as soon as these two men left, She went and tied that cord in the window. You know, that again indicates somebody who is ready to do it, ready to be productive, who does something. You see, God chooses and uses. He most often chooses and uses people who have a strong work ethic, who are paying attention to what they're doing. If you aren't paying attention, if you aren't doing what needs to be done right now, then time will catch up with you and you'll end up, if you're not watchful, like those uh, five foolish virgins who ended up without oil. You know, uh, I mean, you know, those 10 virgins, five of them were paying attention and five of them were not paying attention. Well, Rahab teaches me to pay attention and to work hard and to do what needs to be done today. In the 12th verse of Joshua 2, Look what the Bible says. We'll, we'll look at, a, at another principle. Now, therefore, uh, Rahab said to these two men Now, therefore, I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you also will show kindness to my father's house and give me a true token. And spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. <laughs> wow. It is evident that Rahab, not, not only was she a hard worker, but she was also not a selfish person. She was not lazy and was not selfish. These two things have spoke to me over and over in my life. I've encouraged myself like we should. We should continue to, to check, challenge, and change ourselves, to check, challenge, and change our minds. If you're not checking yourself and challenging yourself, most likely you're not changing. And we should change. But change is a process that comes often through critical thinking and inspiration we get when we look at ourselves and don't see ourselves, you know, completely favorable and realize that we need to change a little bit. You know, uh, critical thinking, change. Uh, 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 Change changes us more than just protecting ourselves or more than just emotional outburst. You know, uh, uh, include, if you're not a critical thinker, include a critical thinker in your group of counselors so that someone can offer alternative opinions. Someone can offer, you know, uh, more than just, uh, you know, the same old, same old, same old, same old, same old, because you might get locked into the same thing uh, and, and, and never change. Uh, These things have helped me in my life. As I have gone over Rahab's life so many times and asked God, why did you put her here? Why did you include her in the faith chapter? What can I learn from Rahab? Well, one of the things I learned is to be a hard worker, to not be lazy. And a second thing is that I learned is that I need to not be selfish. You know, Rahab could have said, well, save me. Take me with you right now. You know, I mean, we're so afraid we've been shaking in our boots. She said we have been faint hearted. We, 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 we have, you know, the whole, well, well, the whole city has, she said. But yet, here, she is interceding. She was a woman of intercession. She was asking for the lives of others and their stuff. She said, you know, uh, can you save others and save their stuff? She cared about her family. My father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters. She was a family person. And this is what we find out. One of the principles we find out is that families are special to God. Rahab shows us that. She is, you know, she was not selfish. She was not lazy. But when she went to, to these two spies, she went to them on behalf of her family. Over and over and over throughout the Word of God, God includes families. You know, Cornelius in Acts the 10th chapter, verses 44 through 48, his whole family, his whole household was saved. Why? Because he cared about them. And he offered them and presented them before the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they all got saved. So did the Roman jailer uh, in, in the Philippi jailer in Acts chapter 16. This Philippian jailer, the Bible says his whole household was saved. You know, uh, not just himself, but his whole family. You know, families are important to God. In fact, God is working for families. And I hope you're working for family. That's one of the reasons why I said in the very beginning that we are the family of God. We should be working on our family, working in our family, working with our family, working through our family. God God intends for us to have a good work ethic. God intends for us to not be lazy and not be selfish. But the first thing He says we should do, do good to all men, but especially to those who are of the household of God. We have a family that we should be you know, committed to. Are you committed to your family? God's committed to His. Family It's one of the Ten Commandments, to honor your father and your mother, you know, that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God gives you. Family is important to God. In fact, Psalm 68 verse 6 says that God sets the solitary in families, okay? Well, that's one of the things I learned from Rahab uh, is that family is important. Remember Hebrews eleven thirty one. by faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. She didn't perish because she was a woman of faith and she had faith for her family as well. Uh, in this word that we're looking at in Rahab's life one of the things that she teaches us in fact, the writer of Hebrews, again, says it by faith. You know, uh, She saved her family. You see, God intends us. He intends on us working. He intends on us being productive. God uh, wants us to have a family. He wants us to be a family. He wants to set you in a family. Do you have a family, you know, an earthly family that you're engaged in, that you're interceding for, that you're praying for? Do you have a spiritual family? Do you have a church family? It is God's will that you have a family that you're committed to. Listen to that still, small voice because God will also encourage you to have faith in the midst of of a faint-hearted moment in the midst of a faint-hearted people. God intends for you to have faith, just like Rahab did. That's perhaps the best lesson I've learned from Rahab. Is though although everyone else in her city was faint-hearted and fearful. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 31 that she Was a woman of faith. She believed. She was a hard worker. Don't be lazy. She was not selfish. She cared about her family. And she had faith even in the midst of the faint hearted group and a faint hearted moment. The city was facing destruction, but she was facing deliverance. And indeed, when the children of Israel marched around Jericho seven times on that seventh day, and they blew the trumpets and shouted for the Lord had given them the city, those two spies found that red cord still tied to that window. And they went in, and there her father, her mother, her brother, her sisters, and all their household, their servants, their stuff is what is indicated. They were all brought out safe. And then she married into royalty. Rahab the harlot, forgiven, redeemed, and began a brand new life and became one of the great, great, great grandmothers of Jesus our Lord. Why? Once again, hard worker, not selfish, Cared about her family. You know, That's the kind of people God wants to use. Okay. And you know, she, she seriously interceded for her family. And as well, she had faith in the midst of the faint-hearted moments. Have faith. Trust God. I'll see you back here next time at Church Online.